favorite things to do annoys the daylights out of a lot of people, and I'm guessing probably 50% of the room this morning. In most coffee shops in Arlington, in the middle of the dining or uh, seating area, there stands a common table. Now, the finishing touches on these tables will vary from coffee shop to coffee shop, but the design is really the same. You have a long and narrow table with enough seats for 8 to 20 people. And here is what I do. Whenever I go into a coffee shop that 50% of you, I'm guessing, find annoying, I sit down next to strangers at the common table and I talk to them. <laughs> I sit down to begin, a, to begin writing a sermon, this one this morning, or to read a book. And the person sitting next to or across from me might be working on a laptop or reading. And when I sit down, I can guarantee one of two reactions. The first reaction is indifference, or maybe a kind gesture like moving the Sunday New York Times out of the way so I can have a little bit of space. Or, the second, a deep sigh of frustration and anger. Now I need to clear something up because I don't want you all to think that I'm a psychopath living in Northern Virginia. Whenever possible, I leave a chair in between me and the person sitting next to me. I love my personal space as well, and I want to respect other people's personal space. At the common table and common spaces throughout our community, the boundaries that we try to establish between one another begin to fade, and we notice there is a common and shared life with one another. I might leave that chair in between me and the person sitting next to me, but sure enough, someone else will come along and fill in that space, joining us at the table. In a scene that's reminiscent of Moses climbing Mount Sinai and then delivering the Ten Commandments, Jesus has traveled up a mountain, followed by his disciples, and then he sits, and he gives what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And this morning we read the first half of it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So without his MacBook or a study Bible or commentary, without a witty joke or a story to pull you in and keep your attention, Jesus began the flip that would be the hallmark of his ministry. This sermon is what became the basis for the good news to be proclaimed by his disciples. And this is the good news that we continue to proclaim today. Those who will find their blessing in his kingdom. The kingdom he proclaimed had come. The kingdom of heaven. Are those who may have felt as though or been told that they were beyond God's reach and God's blessing. These were the people who would have asked tough questions to the Pharisees or other religious leaders of the day. The ones who sought peace while living under the peace of Caesar, seeking peace through nonviolent means rather than through the sword. Those who were soft-spoken or not given a voice or seat at the table. Those who suffered 
because of their commitment to God's laws with justice and mercy, following God as best they could, and being unwilling to cave when pressure from the political and religious establishment began to lean on them. Jesus' sermon, this first section, is an invitation to the community coming out of exile, but now living under occupation, a community oppressed, a community suffering the effects of a corrupt political system. It's an invitation to live a new ethic. The words and blessings spoken by Jesus, they can't be lived out and fulfilled by any one person. Instead, these words will be fully realized when the entire community begins to live, move, and exist within God's kingdom of grace. Often we hear these ancient words spoken by Jesus and we think that before we can be considered to receive God's blessings, we ourselves must first fit into one of these blessing categories listed by Jesus. Before we can be blessed, we must first be poor in spirit or meek or persecuted. Jesus wasn't listing off a series of requirements. These aren't prerequisites to receive God's blessing. God's blessing of grace is yours. Enjoy it. Hold on to it. Instead, Jesus is putting us on alert. Those of us who have felt God's blessing of grace and who give thanks that while we are indeed blessed, so too are those who have felt outside or apart from the saving work of God. The blessing of God we share with our neighbors. It pulls us out of the siloed lives we create for ourselves with well-organized neighborhoods and privacy fences. Jesus' promise of blessing to the poor, to the meek, and the persecuted, the peacemakers and the hungry and the thirsty. This is an invitation for us to realize that the kingdom of heaven is wider and more expansive than we could ever imagine. Jesus has turned the common tables in our community into entry points to experience, well, more than overpriced coffee and avocado toast. Jesus' invitation is to experience a shared life with those we've been told cannot join at the shared spaces in our neighborhoods. Joining one another at common tables is an invitation to experience the difference that a life together held in God's grace can make. One of the most iconic scenes from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood took place outside the neighborhood of make-believe. It was the spring of 1969, and five years before this episode aired, black and white protesters had jumped into a whites-only swimming pool. And after they jumped into the pool, the hotel owner began to pour acid into the water. It was in the shadow of this incident that Mr. Rogers invited Officer Clemens, a regular on the neighborhood, to share a kiddie pool on a hot summer's day. Mr. Rogers and Mr. Clemens, sitting in their lawn chairs, took off their shoes and their socks, and they placed their feet in the water. 
then slowly the camera focuses in and you see a green garden hose with a brass nozzle with Mr. Rogers spraying water on his feet and on Officer Clemens' feet. You see one set of black feet and a set of white feet. At that moment, in that blue plastic swimming pool, the blessing and grace of the common table, they were shared with, on television screens and with families in a time when blessing and equality were determined along racial lines. Jesus described this moment in his sermon. He wasn't preaching a list, a list of tasks, but instead Christ told his disciples, and he tells us today exactly what the kingdom of heaven will look like. Blessed are the poor, the meek, and the persecuted. Blessed are those who are kept out of the temple or kept out of the church. Blessed are those who do not have the ability to speak for themselves. Blessed are the abused, armed for no other reason than they look or they live differently than we think they should. We experience this blessing and grace every time we gather around common tables and in common places. We experience this and we receive a preview of the kingdom of heaven every time we gather around Christ's table of grace and we share a meal. And this invitation extends into coffee shops and bars and smoothie cafes and even the neighborhood playground. Every time we hear Jesus' invitation at his table and we share bread and we share wine and we take seriously his invitation to all people, to the poor and the rich, the meek and the powerful and the hungry and those with plenty. In those moments of invitation, we are experiencing the grace and the promise of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus' table, the table of blessing, the common table where the excluded are welcomed and blessed. And what we do here this morning, breaking bread and sharing one cup, it extends outward out of this place to all of the places where we and others don't want that to happen, where we're told it cannot happen. The grace extended to us by God at this table. It is a call to extend grace to the tables of our own making. A place setting has been prepared for you, and no expense has been spared by the host. Christ is the host of this feast, and he has invited us to join him and those we have neglected to invite. Thanks be to God. Amen.